Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the East Texas Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Williams. And your co-host, Jake Shepard. And we have a very special guest with us. Uh, very uh, timely, as a matter of fact, because of all, this, all the things going over in Ukraine. We have Alex and Lona. That's how I pronounce that right, Lona? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and how do you say your last name? Mushek. Mushek? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they are uh, actually residents of our town here in Jefferson, uh, in East Texas, but they are from the Ukraine. So we thought we'd get them on to get an East Texas perspective with a Ukraine connection. I'm going to go ahead and let them do a little guest introduction about themselves. Uh, we will sort of figure out uh, where we go from there. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm Alex, and I'm from East Texas. <laughs> so when, yeah, people laugh, and I say that. Like, are you serious? I love like, that. Yeah. Well, accent, East Texas. <laughs> but like, uh, you mentioned we are born in USSR, Ukraine, exactly. So we came from Soviet time. Oh. We emigrate in 94 still with Soviet passport to California uh-huh. and from California we emigrated second time to East Texas how long have you been in uh, the US 27 years. years okay so 94 yeah so how old were you when you left 29 and what what were you doing when you left mostly nothing Soviet Union collapsed no jobs I finished I graduated from College got my diploma, and you have nothing to do. It's a <laughs> chaos. Mm. So I was lucky. I met that girl next to me, ah. and she had a grandma in New York City. Ah, so we got a package for immigration just after we got married. We got we met in ninety two. We married in ninety two, and in ninety three we received a package from U.S. Embassy. It's like, wow, surprise. <laughs> it took us actually one year to make all paperwork to go through the whole process and emigrate to Los Angeles because grandma already moved from New York City to L.A. And how long were you in L.A.? Exactly. 27 years. No, 26. Uh, not exactly. We were for like five or six years in L.A. because it was easy to integrate. And then we had first daughter born, and we moved out right away. So we kind of like stepped from L.A. area to suburbia, and we moved around probably like for less, about 15 years mm-hmm. around L.A., ended up here. Lana, what, what, did, what did you do when you were in L.A.? First, I was 25. We were right after college. Like Alex said, we are college graduate. We have our education, but we didn't speak any English. Oh, so there you first go. First step, what you do, you go to college to learn English. Mm. And that it took us a couple of years to, to learn English and some, if, um, some profession, because whatever education you got, you still need to get your American kind of, uh, yeah. Um, and what is your profession, Alex? I got my degree in electrical engineering. So I was lucky I am actually working as an electrical engineer slash project field engineer. But I did any job from like, my actually first official job in the United States in 1995 
was a dry clean helper. But I bet you did a darn nice job. And the funniest part was it was in the heart of West Hollywood. Hollywood. And everybody loves him. Number one, he doesn't speak any English. He doesn't know what people are saying. And Uh his accent and he's a foreigner. So he kind of was, yeah, the people flirted with him. He didn't get it. He didn't know what's going on. I fit perfectly in the community. (laughs) But it was fun. It was actually fun. I mean, my first job was like, 375 an hour. Whoa. Seriously. And we survived. We survived all that money. Like, how we did, I don't know. Uh-huh. That you did. Well, thanks. So, the goal was to learn English, 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 English. I'm sure. English. I'm sure. So tell us about the process of making it to Texas. Oh, it's not really hard. But what, you, what got you thinking that direction? When did the idea first come up? Hey, we might like to live in Texas. If we made it to America, now we could go to Texas. I've been in Texas multiple uh-huh. times. I work for a Texas company, actually, uh-huh. in Dallas. And I've been up here once. We have shop in Longview, an office. And we actually went to Cadillac Lake with a friend of mine. Uh-huh. And we stopped by Jefferson. And That's all it took. Mm-hmm, not exactly. It took a little <laughs> bit more with California, all this a new type environment and everything going kind of south, what we kind of didn't like. Right. It's a great state. Problem is uh, business and the politics. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do any business in California. And, and she, wa- she was working for her own for a while. And because I work for Texas company, I said, honey, you have to go to Texas in July. If you can <laughs> tolerate Texas in July, you're going to be fine. I was honest. I have friends who tell I want to take my wife and move to, let's say, Idaho. I said, take your wife in January mm-hmm. and let her drive. No, no, no. I want to take her in June. Said, no. So I took her in July. to take her in June. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we went in July and we actually drove like 2,000 miles. All the way south mm-hmm. from Dallas to Austin, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. Galveston, Houston, Longview, and Jefferson. So you really checked out Texas? Mm-hmm. Then. No, I made her a choice. I said, honey, if you pick up a spot, it just has to be in Texas. I approve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was lucky she did approve up here. So did you look at other towns besides Jefferson? Yes, she can tell that. Yeah, she loved that part of the story. It's, she loved New Braunfels area. It's, it's oh, yeah. pretty. Mm-hmm. Did, you go to, did you ever yeah. go to Green Hall? No. No? That's a great place in New Braunfels. It's yeah. an old dance hall. Mm-hmm. I think it's the oldest dance hall in Texas. That's still I think happening. so. I think that's right. From the, yeah. How old is that? 20s or 30s? Or older uh, it's older than that. Yeah. It's, uh, a lot of the German and Czechoslovakian immigrants came right. over in the 1800s, and what they did is... They brought with them their traditions, and one of those traditions is a, it's a community dance hall. It's not really a bar. It's it's just what they did in in the old country, and you know they'd have these big dance halls, and that's why if you go around Central Texas, you'll see a lot of those places. That, you know they uh-huh. have these dance halls, and it's open air. It, yeah. it opens uh-huh. up, and you're yeah, it's a neat place. It is neat anyway. So. You can spend a lot of time. In- Hill country, just just briefly. So, did you know immediately when you when you walked the streets of Jefferson, this is this is it, or were you weighing things out, I pros and cons? Surprised that Texas has a forest. I have no <laughs> idea. 
<laughs> we actually got mountains too in uh, yeah. the Big Bend area. Mm-hmm. West Texas and mountains and Gulf of Mexico kind of beach towns, mm-hmm. but I didn't know there is forest. Or I kind of read, yeah, but when we came, I was like, wow, it's beautiful. Trees. Trees, fun. <laughs> you can see coming from Southern California. Yes, we, we sure, sure. We have a saying here, what happens behind the pine curtain stays behind the pine curtain. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. And then Alex Fork, um, still, still working with um, shop manager, he lives a long view. So they gave us okay. a good tour of East Texas and right. us about the history and stuff. And then the bed and breakfast was for sale. And uh, we stayed in the bed and breakfast and we kind of, hmm, that would be interesting to own bed and breakfast. <laughs> So you met Byron and Kristen Aldridge then? We did. Yeah, yeah, they were here about... Uh, well, they were here before we were. They were so. Yeah, before us too. But they opened the courtyard, I guess, when we first bought our first property. But yeah, they were here mm-hmm. a handful of years. But they're an interesting couple. Very interesting. Animated, yeah. very, yeah. And and he still comes around. Yeah. I think he's trying I to... I think he's doing... He did a dance hall. Actually, speaking of dance halls, I think he did one in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's yeah. it's sort of like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a, bre- there, it's a brewery as well. Right, so. right. Anyway, so uh, for our podcast audience out there, so we've sort of found out how Lana and Alex have made it to Jefferson, and they're they're new business owners here. They actually bought a business. We'd like to sort of get their impression of business in Jefferson and the people. Give us your impression of what's going on. Alex just said. That's Lana. She is a boss. Um, Just because I moved first and then Alex took another maybe six, seven months to be here. So I'm an accountant and I've been, that's what I've been doing for since 1996, accounting, tax returns. I had my own business. I had clients, never owned any the other, the other businesses, especially the hospitality, that was my first experience. But it's a real estate, and we own some real estate, so I decided, okay, that's kind of easy. You own real estate, and then you can do bed and breakfast. So besides all the repairs that you need to do in the house, mm-hmm. you realize this is the customer service business. And Absolutely. you need to learn how to talk to people, how to make them happy, how all the... Yeah, we could actually do a podcast on uh, hospitality business mm-hmm. with all the uh, bed and breakfast owners here. It was challenging. The first breakfast, we just closed Eskran Friday, and I had people on Friday. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I, was doing my first, I cooking my first breakfast, my hands shaking. <laughs> so is there a Ukrainian so flair to the breakfast? Yeah, the flair that I have, and the people are saying, do you cook southern breakfast? Do you cook Texas breakfast? I said, what is the Texas breakfast? It's and gravy. I said, what? Yep. Why? What I didn't understand what the biscuits and gravy is. <laughs> but uh, I tried to do more like European, and not typically Ukraine, Ukraine and Europe. And what would it consist of, just real quickly? Consist of... of uh, Always going to be pastries, uh-huh. either scones or puff pastries or croissants or crepes, uh-huh. something like you have breakfast dessert. Right, right. And a lot of potatoes, Ukraine is potato country, and then sausages. Bacon, very bacon, good. Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Bacon always goes over big in East Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
definitely. Yes, and we're we're glad to have them here as a as business owners and their place is called the Steamboat Inn for anybody who's listening out there. Give them a call, the Steamboat Inn in Jefferson, and you could uh, experience their Ukrainian hospitality uh, via L.A. and East Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves your accents, so, you know. Yes. Your accents are a hit. People <laughs> are wonderful, so warm-hearted. I haven't seen the people so warm-hearted since we came from Ukraine. It's a little different than L.A. It's actually felt home. <laughs> yes. L.A. Good. is a very big city. Good. And when it you is. live in a very big city, big community, the people don't know each other. They don't really socialize. Here is like one big family. And if you need any help, you can find help. Oh, you bet. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. I love Jefferson, and I love people in Jefferson. We're going to get into some current events in a minute, but uh, first we're going to put uh, Alex and Lana on the spot and tell us your top five things about Jefferson and the Northeast Texas. Number one on your list. What are What's the top five things you like about the area? What's number one? People. People? Yes. And it's amazing. Seriously, environment with people great it's something what you would never expect we get quality kind i mean it's a different totally yeah totally different experience i don't want to talk too much because i people are going to listen and move up here and (laughs) let's have more competition it is my joke i said sweetheart you tell all your friends that your husband forced you to move to East Texas, <laughs> so they stay in LA, please. Yes, we've heard that before. So. Mm-hmm. Number two would be weather. Weather, really? Yes. She can explain. Okay. I like weather. I like that we have a lot of trees, and it's so green. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind humidity. I like humidity. It's not like Florida humidity or Gulf of Mexico humidity. Right. It's true. Humidity. Tolerable wildflowers, and it's very remind me Ukraine. A lot of green. Okay, I was going to ask. That's what we were interested. What what city in Ukraine were you from? Donetsk, the East Ukraine. Oh, that's where all the yes, all the started Mm. into Mm. southern. Is it real green there and humid? And it's not as green as here. We do have forests, but you have to a little bit outside the big city. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty Mm -hmm. green. So the population there that you grew up in was how big? Million plus. Million, okay. okay. All right, so number three. What was, what's number three favorite thing? I like the food, and I like southern <laughs> yeah. hospitality. Okay, so oh, when you said the food, barbecue, Mexican, soul food, what do you like? I like barbecue. barbecue. I like yeah. steaks. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Joseph's Riverport Barbecue here in Jefferson. Mm-hmm. They do a great job. They're actually, they get voted in the top 50 barbecue joints in the nation all the time. I never ate uh, sweet potato fries until I went over there. I love it now. I'm serious. <laughs> I was not sweet potato or sweet yams or whatever. No, but they are awesome. And I think that's a fairly new thing. I think the first time I ate them was probably 10 years ago. Yeah, that, I think it's one of know, those. It's a fairly new thing. I mean, there's a lot of new food. If you yeah. look, if you look back at back in the '90s, what people were eating in the restaurants, it's mm-hmm. a whole different ball game. Of course, my wife is always looking for new stuff right, to fix. Right. Okay, so that was number four. What's the fifth thing? Yeah, one more favorite thing you can talk it about. Talk to us about a foot on the side of fifty nine. When you stop, 
and you see a guy selling watermelons uh-huh. and the tomatoes, <laughs> and it tastes like watermelon and tomatoes <laughs> and cucumbers. It's so fresh and it's so yummy. What you cannot buy in any market, yeah. those little tiny places when people just pull truck. Uh-huh. No, the fifth one, but that belongs to the food. Yeah, it's a food, The fifth yeah. one is, in my opinion, is the, pres- that the history has been preserved. I love history, and I'm always fascinated that we can still see houses built 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's for me, is amazing. So the well, history, especially with, it's just tragic it, what's going on in Ukraine right now and yeah. all the destruction of history. Right. That's, that's, that's so sad. Tragic. I know how much it needs to be for for generation mm-hmm. to keep and preserve the history, so we can learn. Mm-hmm. Yes, see exactly. that that's for me the number five. I would say that's great. Is the history here? Well, that's good. I mean, we uh, we do have a lot of history here. Some people say we're the fifth oldest town, fourth oldest town. You're about that old, aren't you? There, uh, about that old. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it, it probably is unique. Yeah, <laughs> I think you find that probably more with small towns. They kind, of, especially the older small towns, they really grab onto their history. Now, of course, San Antonio and Austin, they have a lot of history there too, and you can go to the state capitol and places to see that. But we really, we really celebrate that here for sure. All right, so that's the top five. Now we get to current events. I'm going to let uh, my illustrious co-host. Talking about some current events here. We have the Ukraine connection right here and open discussion and get some East Texas perspectives. Well, Alex and I, when I called Alex, I uh, talked to Lana first and then Alex, and, and we actually had, Alex and I had probably an hour long discussion. And uh, it, it was great to kind of get his perspective. I asked him probably 21 questions on, you know, just what was going on with Ukraine. I, and I think our, our listeners would like to probably hear that more than anything. So obviously, being from the Ukraine, knowing the the geopolitical situation over there and the players, if y'all could just just talk for a minute about you know your your thoughts and feelings about what's going on over there and and how you think it will end and uh, just kind of kind of go from there. It's actually been war for last eight years, mm-hmm. from 2014. Nobody really kind of. Uh, about Talk about that because it just it started active phase just recently in February, and honestly nobody expected. Mm-hmm. Not in Ukraine, not up here, not even in Russia. War started when Russian peaceful people cut part of eastern part of Ukraine and then Crimea, and it got frozen. So this is. Our territory, this is their territory, and between them, it's some kind of like a people republic, whatever. But it's a typical tactic what Russian Federation did use for years, because before Ukraine, they had Moldova. When they cut part of Moldova and put People's Republic of Moldova, Pridnestrovia, then it was Georgia. When they cut part of Georgia and make it like uh, its independent republic of Ossetia, so it is kind of like divide and conquer tactic. It's like if someone goes up and make level of life up and up, a Russian comes and cut it just to try to control and prevent people living better life, looking to the West, mm-hmm. instead looking to the East, to Russia. It's all about economy. What we do, 
we try to live better. We like our family live better, our kids live better. So everybody in Ukraine looking to Europe and kind of like, why we have to go to Russia and work over there? If we can go to Brussels or Berlin and work for real money, makes sense. All youngsters, nobody really wanted to go and work for Russia. So that's what happens in the 14 when they got basically a revolution. Former president supposed to sign petition to join European Union. And he backed up and said, no, we stand with Russia. And all young kids start protesting because it's like, what? We already ready to get like a free moving travel from Ukraine no, to they, Europe? Um, they can work and they, if they would be part of the EU, then they more work opportunities. And then they can travel without visas. Uh, if you have, uh, if you if you be part of Russia, pretty much went back to dictatorship mm-hmm. and back to Soviet sure. Union. But for Putin, that kind of his thinks that he said it was a huge mistake that the Soviet Union collapsed, and he wants more power. So he pressured the the president, and the president said, "We'll stay with oh, yeah. Russia." And then that the, was actually the young young people. Mm-hmm. The, the new generation that kind of said, no, we said, don't, we no, don't want that. We don't, we don't want to be part of. And and so, the, and is that what prompted a, a strike then from Russia? That was in 2014 because they got new. Yeah, they ousted the president, ran away to Russia. Okay. Okay. And um, they tried to protect their uh, interest. And how to do it? You need to make sure your government comply and listen what Russian government tells them to do. They're not really interested in the land. They're not interested in a, like a financial or industrial or businesses. They want to be controlled government. That's always was about controlling and same as happens like in Georgia or Moldova. They were doing same destruction. And Ukraine said, no, we're not going to listen to you. And plus, you have a president who is a comedian, and you have another president who is a macho KGB <laughs> officer, and that comedian doesn't listen to him. It's kind of like, you know, it's right. very offended. Right. So basically, it starts war from just to be upset about mm-hmm. Ukrainian president. Mm-hmm. But he was actually most democratic president who got elected by 70%. Mm-hmm. And it's actually funny how it happens because Zelensky was a comedian who was playing a president in a comedy mm-hmm. show. You can actually see it on Netflix. I believe Netflix bought it. Anyway, it was like left party and right party. And nobody likes them at all. So he just stood up and said, hey, if you don't like, how about me? I was playing president. He was making it as a joke. And people vote for him. And people tell it, oh, it was set up, and that guy pay, or Soros pay, or that one. It doesn't really matter, okay? You cannot pay people to vote for person. Yes, you can in Russia. Yeah, in Russia, it's not pay, okay? It's different. In Russia, you can vote whatever. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's how they display it. Right. right. I will tell this in a slight little later. But what happens, 70%, and I talk to people who are very nationalistic on the left side, in the Western area, I said, hey, guys, how you actually vote for him? And they said, yes, because we hate all those corrupted politicians. We hate all of them, no matter if it's left, right, nationalistic or not. 
we pick up someone fresh blood. Mm-hmm. And honestly, nobody expects that he's going to stood up and fight. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. people who didn't like him, who never vote for him, who mm-hmm. hate him for the last couple of years, they back him up. They fight with him right mm-hmm. now. It's like, it's unbelievable. Like, he united whole country in two mm-hmm. days. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure his approval rating is... Yeah, but uh, watching in Russia, I can tell you a story. I've seen this long time ago when Putin was just second or third elected. Mm-hmm. It was a billboard in a Moscow college. Not sure which one. Uh, like you know, you go to office and they have those blackboards with uh, mm-hmm. like administrative notes, whatever. So it was a note on that board saying that remind tomorrow we have to vote. It's election day. So every student has to vote for this person. <laughs> and every stu- it's not even funny. Funny what every student has to take a screenshot on a cell phone to prove that they vote for that person. Really? And send it to, like, uh, office. That's it. So it doesn't really matter who you vote yeah, for. They're yeah. just going to pick who they want. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, there is no fair election. Yeah, what happens in Ukraine is actually... You don't really seen it, but it was before with Chechnya, mm-hmm. two war in Chechnya, war in Syria. It was the same, just wipe out everything. Right. Problem with Ukraine is why it's different because every someone, every idiot has a cell phone, mm-hmm. Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. YouTube, so they publish it everywhere. Everything is documented to the point you won't believe, because everybody wants to show something. What happens? Right. That's how it went publicly so, so crazy that nobody expected. Publicity right now is like, oh, you cannot prove this, you cannot prove that. You go on YouTube, right? On Google, you can right. find anything. Basically. So, do you still have friends in Ukraine? Yes. Okay. And are you in contact with them all the time? And they've sent you stuff on the phones and. Uh, all depends. Like I had my family, my cousins, they were taken over by Russians. I was afraid to call them. Oh, the Russians were in their house. No, in they the were city. occupied in the city. Oh, okay, so you, you're not supposed to call because if someone sees mm. it's call coming from the United States, mm. they're going to be in trouble. Right. So I tell my wife, you have a Facebook messenger. They cannot trade Facebook messenger. Call using Facebook messenger, not by phone. But it was scary because you don't know. It's like you wake up, you look at uh, status. Are they online or not? If they're not online... You have to figure out what happens. Mm. And which city are they in? Uh, it was close to city Sumy. Okay. It is Kharkiv, what you probably heard a lot. It's the eastern, northeastern part of Ukraine. Kharkiv, okay. okay. what basically completely wiped out. And where's your family now? Uh, some of them still under already Ukrainians in the same location. So but, they never move. They they're never... in a little village, so they're not in a big city. Right, right. Is that under Russian control now or Ukrainian control? Ukraine. Okay. And then so, you have people in Kiev, but Kiev is okay now. Uh, so is anything, of course, you watch the news every day. Is anything that they're reporting now just completely inaccurate? I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't, I trust very little of the news mainstream media says, but, no. but what. <laughs> Uh, is there anything just glaring recently that you're like, oh, that's not true at all? <laughs> it depends if you're watching like Russian news mm-hmm. 
it's so hilarious. Mm-hmm. Russian news is 100% lie. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay. okay, it's not lie, it's a propaganda. 100%. They have to promote their way. We try to, uh, how they, liberate Ukraine from Ukrainians. Right. I mean, just kill all Ukrainians because every Ukrainian Terrible. who speaks Ukrainian language, he's a Nazi. We have to kill him. Really? It's, okay, my, my cousin, she told me that uh, Russian soldiers were going house to house. And if they can prove that they have some, like, uncle, father, son in the Ukrainian army, they execute whole families. Really? Like that, yes. Terrible. Yeah. And that's- so they were afraid because they do have relatives who is in the army. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bunch of ghosts over there because it's no man. Mm-hmm. And so- these, these Russian soldiers that are doing this Gestapo tactic of going house to house, how, how do they do that? I mean, how do they prove it? What you have a draft in Russia, so those kids are drafted. Right. They're just regular soldiers for meat. But you have a special forces or assassins, I mean, like mercenaries, who are trained to do that, kill to kill people. If you've seen That's pictures of uh, city of Bucha, what's north from Kiev, capital, it is what happens. They just were going pulling every man from every house, tied their hands behind, and shoot him in the head. Mm-hmm. It's public, it was published everywhere, mm-hmm. like a street and bodies everywhere. That's what basically happens. I think it's in every single pretty much cities that were occupied by those forces. Not just regular regular army, they're not going to do this. But special forces. You you do have special commands Mm -hmm. who are trying to make a point, try to scare people, scare Ukrainian people, but it's actually went opposite. People hated them more and more. But that's the the Gestapo tactics, absolutely correct. Before this special military action which is it's hilarious because it's a war it's an invasion force before this weren't people in the ukraine didn't they talk to people in russia all the time they were like oh yeah friends and had they had family they have family in you know they have family one, fighting on different sides one really? family in ukraine and another oh, son y'all have family not me oh. but no, no, i know people who has family and she has a son on the russian side and son on Ukrainian side. Does she talk to them? Yes. I mean, her son knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But Does the Russian son believe that Putin is right? No. Oh, okay. But, but he's afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is afraid more than him. She's afraid because if because... you're going to say a word, war, publicly, uh-huh. Russia, you're going to get 15 years in jail. Just to Just say the, to word say war. the word war. Because they don't have a war. It's not a war. It's a special operation. It's a special operation. Yeah. And you understand why. In case of war and soldiers die, you have to compensate family. But it's not a war. Financially, Financially you have to compensate. But, but if it's not war, Whoa, and there's thousands and thousands <laughs> killed, uh, Russian soldiers mm. killed, they don't have to pay anything to the Plus, family. no body, no problem. And then they don't have a body. They don't yeah. even yeah, collect we, We've uh, heard about the mobile cre- crematoriums that they have. And those Are those are real, huh? Absolutely, 100% real. Wow. So after Bucha, they don't want bodies lying on this, but they, they have them thousands and thousands bombing cities. Ukraine split from the Soviet Union in what year? 1991. 1991. Okay, so there's a, what two generations, I guess, of Ukraines that don't remember. Yeah, the, it, the, 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 the they, kids. 
what, 30 years old that were born? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so these people just are probably in disbelief that this even happened because they don't remember the old way. Y'all remember the old ways. No, we do, yeah. Did you expect this was going to happen before it happened? No. No. Really? Never. So if that started in 14, 2014, did you just expect that it would continue kind of in that vein of some little skirmishes and little, Mm -hmm. but never escalate to this point? Because it was frozen on the two places like Moldova. Mm -hmm. They have army, they have a republic over there. And same with Georgia, they have a republic. And it's just like it's frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, people kind of survive over there. They isolated. They not recognized by anyone, mm-hmm. but they are pro-Russians. And basically, people who are in charge, they have money and business. Everybody else is just slaves. Mm-hmm. But nobody expect like Putin so suicidal to really attack Ukraine because you have to realize Ukraine army and people are very motivated. They have no other choice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you are. You speak what language? Mm-hmm. You're gonna fight for your land. You're gonna fight for your basically family. Mm-hmm. That's what nobody expect. That everybody predict. Even the U.S. was telling like two three days Ukraine gonna collapse. Two three days. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Huh? After, after mm-hmm. the Putin yeah. felt the, after our election, he felt that now there is opportunity mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. So, Would that be because I think the, that's what it is, and plus China's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit bigger picture. You think uh, he felt that Biden wouldn't do anything? He felt he's not. Because in 2014, because he has had much. Obama mm-hmm. in power, he, he, that. yeah. he took the yeah. Crimea and the eastern part of Ukraine. It was so disrespectful. I think it was an opportunity for him to start. Mm-hmm. Plus China. China is playing some game, too. They so are. It's a bigger mm-hmm. picture. Right. Um, Here's the the question everybody asks. Uh, in y'all's opinion, now that you're... Oh, this is all opinion. Uh, in y'all's opinion uh, here in Texas, if Trump would have stayed in office, would the, would it have happened? I think it wouldn't be happened. I think it would, would be non-starter war because Trump is unpredictable too. And I think that Putin only can understand strengths. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand the diplomacy, but he very feel the weakness. Um, I think if Trump would be in power, then could it be different um, mm-hmm. situation we are right now? But again, it's opinion; it's not facts. It's, I, I think most <laughs> most red-blooded Americans would yeah, agree but, with you. Um, Definitely Texans. Well, the, the United States should understand that Russia never was friend of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I think always, we need, always enemy. But there was, um, yeah, there was mutual respect. Right. I and think now uh, I think that what he is showing about the nuclear and again mm-hmm. he did this right. um, nuclear test. I saw that today. Test again. Yeah. It just showed to America that I am the one who is going to tell you what to do, not you are. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's backed into a corner now? Mm, not yet. No. I think I he still believe. has a Chinese bag. Let's see what China's no. going to have next step. I don't think so. China is playing smart. Mm-hmm. They not really in the war business, but they are waiting what going to happen. Because if Russia going to collapse, they can take disputed northern territory in Siberia. Okay, If Russia going to win, 
they can easily take Taiwan because U.S. or NATO, nobody will do anything about that. Mm -hmm. So Russians are fighting for, I would say, a stupid image to show they are super cool mm -hmm. and to save something what like they don't even know what's that. Ukraine is fighting for their freedom because they have no choice. Mm -hmm. But from 2014, it was always war with NATO. It not was about Ukraine ever. It was to show the world who is in charge. It was about how much we can push people. You see what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Macron, Schultz, Germany, it's like France. They want to kind of negotiate between those two groups, but individually, not with the all European Union. Just try to divide all that Europe. Same with US. They won't talk directly to US, not to NATO. But from 2014, what I told you, when they took over Donetsk, what is capital of uh, that Donbass. Donbass, they put a city hall, rebel flag, Russian flag, whatever, and a big sign, America FU. <laughs> Not Ukraine, America, right. Right. because yeah. they were sure they fight in NATO all the time. They're so proud. Even now, they're talking about yeah, we have a problem, we cannot uh, win right now in Ukraine because we're fighting against NATO. It's, like, it's no, not it's not NATO. fighting against America. Mm -hmm. America only is the enemy what they're fighting with. Really? Well, they associate America because with associate, NATO they, because we're... NATO right, right. Yeah. yeah, but America has to be careful because from 14, when they took Crimea, mm -hmm. what I told you, they were kind of so proud, it was so easy. They were like, we can go all the way to Berlin if we want to. We can take everything. We can take Alaska because it was not sold properly during those times. Okay, we can take mm -hmm. uh, California because like it used to be Russian territory and they have Russian river over there. So those, and people, it's not people talking, it's a Russian Senate. Mm -hmm. Senators and congressmen talking about that, like... It's not about what they talk, it's what they do. It's just a test. Right. How much we can push U.S., how much we can push Europe. So the only way that we're going to get anything happening is we have to push back. Or you have to help Ukraine to push back because nobody asks U.S. or anyone to fight for them. What they really need, they need ammo. Resources. It's like uh, mm -hmm. when Biden called Zelensky and said, hey, we right. can evacuate you. He replied, I don't need a right, I need ammo. Amazon <laughs> Amazon was selling T-shirts yeah. next day yeah. with his statement. Yeah. And nobody expect him staying. Mm -hmm. I know. Like, seriously. Yeah. Everybody was kind of like, yeah, he's a nice guy, but I mean, like, yeah. he didn't run away. I think he's hugely respected. Right yeah. Now to, yeah, Ukraine can fight. And they, have a man, and they know how to just give mm -hmm. as much as possible, yeah. everything so they can win. Mm -hmm. And they will. Yeah, so Ukraine is Ukraine is about the size of Texas, so about the size of Texas. Yeah, yeah. and y'all like have had your independence for thirty something years, so you've got a lot of uh, things that are sort of because Texas is sort of like that too. We're independent and we fight. I mean, we we were our own country once as well, uh, and we fought for our independence. Texas. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you know what Putin was like? I was reading the news today when he was show. I mean has this nuclear the ballistic mm -hmm. missile mm -hmm. and he said it, it can reach Texas he specifically mentioned Texas oh did he 
Yeah. Putin said that. Putin said that. Yeah, yeah. well, we got something for him. So. <laughs> yeah, he specifically mentioned anyway. Texas. He is upset yeah. with Musk, who is in Texas. Oh, I'm sure he Elon is. Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, Elon Musk was yeah. kind of pain in the neck for him. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah now, Ukraine actually Challenge called him and said, hey, can you provide some Skylink for us? Yeah. He did. He yeah. did, yeah. yeah. He sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he butt head with all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But, and then he had that kind of challenge directly to Putin. I'm not sure what that was exactly about. But Yeah. Thank you all for uh, letting us uh, hear about your views on the Ukraine. That was pretty much our current affairs topic, and that was our discussion. Uh, we are fixing to close out here. Jake, you got any last words? I do not. All right. Lana and Alex, thank you very much. Anything Absolutely. anything you'd like to say to us before we get out of here? Thank you. It was interesting. We never done any well, type of yeah, podcast. podcast. So it's kind of interesting. Basically interesting, interesting to talk to people and to explain people what really is going on in the United States, in the world, in Ukraine. And it is nice to share what's your point of view because we have problems with the people who are limited just watching this type of right. news right. or that type of news in the United States. Okay, not even in Ukraine or Russia or Canada in the United States. Mm-hmm. And they don't know. They tell me, we don't trust anyone. I said, okay, trust me because I read news from overseas. Okay, it's seven hours ahead of us. So I know news. <laughs> so we need to have you on a, a daily podcast so you can just let everybody know what's going on. The Ukrainian update. <laughs> it's not going to be politically correct, but I can do it. <laughs> We like that. We like that, yeah. Okay, thank y'all so much. Thank you very much. Uh, Hope to see y'all again. All right, we're out of here. Goodbye, everybody.